Welcome to the big show. He could go all the way. Oh, America, are you serious? It is showtime, baby. Here we go. Welcome to the Leafs Lunatic Podcast. I am your host, Josh Blair. This is the podcast where all of the Leafs Nation comes to, to hear the latest and greatest on the Leafs. This is a podcast made by Leafs fans for Leafs fans. If you want to be a part of the show, send in your emails, tweet at us, at Leafs Lunatic, find us on Facebook, Get involved. We can even get you on the show if you want. Last night was the first night of the season for the Leafs, and a very memorable one. Austin Matthews, clearly the star of the show. Four goals, first time in NHL history that that has ever happened. And there's clearly something special about him. The way he plays, uh, the second goal there, going through their whole team, he even, if you watch it slowly, he tapped on Carlson's uh, left pad, making him turn the opposite way so he could go around the other way in a little fake, stole the puck from him to be able to score that second goal. And um, it was quite incredible. The whole game for Austin Matthews, very hard on the puck, uh, did very well defensively, and capitalized on all of his scoring chances. I think the first three shots he had were all goals. And uh, Mitch Marner as well had a great night. He was skating all over the ice. Very fast player. Uh, his back checking is extremely impressive for his age. And he seems like a player who wants to be effective in a two-way scenario. The little bit to work on with the shot, but I think that's going to come for him. Um, so all in all, the forwards are looking pretty good for the Toronto Maple Leafs. There was, however, the same old problem in Leafland, and as a diehard Leafs fan, what we do best is we complain, and we never really see the positive in anything. We always like to find the negative in everything. So, for me, that was obviously Frederick Anderson. We've been waiting a long time in Leafs Nation since Eddie Belfour for a true number one goalie to emerge and we've tried everything. We've given up players to get the Raycrofts, the Toscalas, the Gustafsons. And none of them have worked out. All of them have had a terrible time, career-ending time playing in Toronto. And uh, for me personally, I was a huge fan of James Reimer. I was always hoping that he would be able to take that next step to emerge as a true number one for the Leafs. Um, grown f- as a product of the Marlies and come up and play for the Leafs and really take hold. But he really never had a fair shake at with the teams that were put in front of him, with the players in front of him. He never had a chance to really emerge as anything. Uh, he had some concussion problems and other injuries that really sidelined him from ever taking off. And then we went to Bernier, and a lot of people thought Bernier was going to be the hope in Leafsland. And unfortunately, 
Bernier just couldn't get together. He was hot and cold, hot and cold. Uh, not even game to game, but within a game, you know, he would start out letting a quick goal in and then making 10 great saves and then letting in another horrendous goal. There was absolutely no consistency in Bernier's game. And, um, Leafs fans really started to get on him towards the end of it. You know, they, there's top 10 countdowns of the worst goals of the season and nine out of 10 of them were Bernier. He was letting in goals from the other blue line and, Goals coming in from behind the net on an icing play that he would let slide in somehow. It was incredible. So I think all of us in Leafs Nation, all of us Leafs lunatics, are pretty excited to see the acquisition of Frederick Anderson, yet hesitant at the same time because we have seen all of the promises that have been made to us about goaltenders coming into Toronto that were going to be the number one, that were going to make a difference, and they just never panned out. So, Anderson is a huge question mark. I think we all know what Marner can be. We all know what Matthews can be. And we see a lot of potential in a lot of the other younger guys, the Nylander, Kapanen eventually. Um, but we, we really don't know is what Frederick Anderson can bring. He's only played a short amount of time. And a lot of people like to look at Lou Amarello and see him as being sort of a goaltender genius. He obviously had Martin Brodeur for the majority of his career. And before he left New Jersey, he was able to miraculously acquire Corey Schneider. And Corey Schneider has turned out to be an elite goaltender. And Lou Lamorello was able to make that acquisition before really seeing much of Schneider. He'd only played a handful of games in the NHL. And this is sort of the same situation with Anderson. He's, he's sort of been... He's ne- he was never the go-to guy in Anaheim. Uh, he was never given the reins. It was always sort of a battle between him and Gibson, and Anaheim ended up taking Gibson over Anderson, and that's why the Leafs were able to acquire Frederick Anderson. But he's only had sort of a handful of games, never been the go-to guy, but he is a huge body. He's big in the net, and he's fairly calm with his movements, something that has been an issue with a lot of other goaltenders in Leafs land, especially younger goaltenders. You saw it a lot last year uh, with Garrett Sparks flopping around in the net a lot. He couldn't really get stable, not as confident with his movements, and not as sure of his positioning. But we do see a confidence in the way Anderson plays, the way he moves around the net. He doesn't get himself into a ton of trouble. Having said that, he hasn't looked very good so far in a Leafs uniform. Uh, he was injured. He came off an injury in Olympic qualifier, and he was out for uh, over a month there. And he finally came back. He made it into about two and a half preseason games. And in those games, he was horrible. He got lit up for a number of goals, and a lot of them are bad goals, to be honest. Uh Problems with rebound control, problems with seeing the shot from the point. And I think a lot of us chalk it up to just being a preseason game. But there are those of us who are still pretty nervous about the whole thing. They're nervous about how Anderson's going to perform an actual season. So last night was a pretty big test 
to see what Anderson's really going to do. There's no more excuses. This isn't the preseason. This is the real season. This is the time to show everyone what you got. And, I mean, in the final goal, Matthews maybe trying to go for his fifth. uh, Cherry-picking a little bit, hoping there would be a turnover and he would get a breakaway and make that fifth goal, overtime goal. I mean, that would have been incredible to get the game winner and to chalk it up to five. But he didn't back-check. And his late back-checking, I guess, cost the goal. But again, you would hope from that sort of shot just off the point that Anderson would be able to maybe make that save. That's what Leafs have been looking for for years. It's the goaltender who can make the save at the right time. And we just haven't had that. And the whole game was carried by that line of Hyman, Nylander, and Matthews. Uh, they played extremely well. Their possession numbers were off the charts at 75% possession, Corsi. Yet Anderson couldn't be there for them to get that win, to make it extra special for Matthews and the whole team. And so you wonder what this means for Anderson going forward. It's only the first game of the season, but this is a continuation from the preseason of soft goals. The very first goal was really all on Anderson's shoulders. It was a shot from the point, hits the glove, should have been snagged out of the air. He lets a juicy rebound flop out of the glove right in front of the net that's easily put into the back of the net by the Ottawa Senators. This is something that just can't happen. It shouldn't happen. I mean, you could you could say that he's a little bit nervous. It's the first game of the season. The pressure is a little bit on him, knowing that he is the number one guy in Toronto. He is the go-to guy for once in his NHL career. But you would hope he would at least bounce back. And he did make a few good saves, but he also let in a few other brutal goals, goals that you would really expect him to have. These these shots from the point that are just sneaking through, ones that, yeah, he might have been screened, but he's really got to make space for himself to be able to get through and see those shots. And we're going to have to hope that there's consistency in his game, that this isn't a sticking point and that he can develop and get better and become the number one guy for the Toronto Maple Leafs and time will tell but it's just unfortunate for him and all of the Leafs nation they just couldn't have gotten off to a little bit of a better start and it'll be really interesting for me to see how Reimer performs with Florida I mean he isn't given the number one spot there as long as still there but the contract they signed Remmer to seems like he could progress into that number one hole eventually. And so it's going to be interesting to see how he performs compared to Anderson because they gave him up. And I think with Bernier, it's another one you could track and see how he performs in Anaheim. But it really doesn't look like he's going to be given a number one chance uh, again. And... I think no matter what had happened, the Leafs couldn't continue with Bernier the way he had performed. Uh, mentally, he just couldn't shake it, and so we had to move on from him. But it was, it was a different question with Reimer. They just gave up on him, traded him late towards San Jose last year, and he played really well for San Jose, 
with a very good defensive team and offensive team in front of him in the latter part of the season. And Martin Jones carried the San Jose Sharks the rest of the way in the playoffs. But it will be interesting to see how Reimer performs for Florida because as a Leafs lunatic, as a diehard Leafs fan, we love to look back on in horror at the things that have gone wrong and continually grieve over the poor transactions we've made over the years. And that's just something we're going to continue to do and will always do. And we don't look at the positives often enough. I think uh, one of the positives for the Leafs last night, although in a minor role, is Matt Martin. He's making hits like crazy. He's carrying momentum. He's fighting when he has to. He gives a boost to the younger guys, a confidence, a protection aspect. Uh, something like Komarov has been in that role for the Leafs for the last few years, and Martin's starting to really take over that role. Um, but that was there was a, a tough night for that fourth line. They didn't get a ton of minutes, and one of the main goals was at their hands. It was poor line change. But they'll bounce back, and that's what happens when you have your fourth line on the ice versus Ottawa's top line. It just can't happen. Uh, it's unfortunate, but it does happen. There's a lot of positives from that fourth line, though, and there's a lot of positives from the Bozak, Marner, uh, Van Riemsdyk line. And obviously, we've already talked about the Matthews line. But one of the lines that really didn't stand out at all was the Kadri line. Uh, Kadri, Komarov are usually known for their physicality, uh, their forechecking ability, and McCulloch we haven't seen a ton of. But in the preseason, he did have a few dangles. His speed has sort of slowed down. He's one of the older guys. But that line just didn't generate anything. I, I don't even... I can't even recall them saying Komarov or Kadri's name more than twice last night. They just weren't involved. They were unnoticeable. And it's a veteran line. Komarov, Kadri now is considered a veteran in this league and on this team. And Mahalik for sure. And those are the guys that you want to help the team get over the top and get that win for Matthews, for Nylander. And for Hyman, the guys who put all the work in to create a historic night, and yet your leaders, your veterans, can't be there to help them get over the top. Um, and that is what you need out of your veterans. You need them to be able to score the goals in the right time and especially not cause any goals at the wrong time. Um, but unfortunately, it just wasn't the case. And one of the interesting things with the Leafs as well this season, and one of the most exciting parts of the year for Leafs fans that has been the past decade, is preseason and this time of year. The time of year when you're starting out and everyone's tied for first. And there's a lot of excitement around the team and a lot of buzz to see who are the new guys that are going to make it, who isn't going to make it, What's the team going to look like for this year, and how are they going to perform? And 
we've seen the decisions they've made. They put veteran Brooks like down to the Marlies and Sosnikov. He's injured right now, but I would expect to see him sometime up with the Leafs. I think he played really, really well last year. He's a Komarov type uh, with a lot more upside and a lot more offensive skill. But it'll be interesting to see how the lineup shakes out. When will Polak get back in the lineup? Who will come out? I think Marincin had a little bit of a poor night for the defense. He caused that one goal. He didn't skate back in time. It looked like it could have been icing, but he stopped skating. Icing was waved off. He just he had a ton of time, but he just threw it around the boards to nobody. Turned it over, and there was a quick goal. And a lot of people are sort of on the fence with Marincin. Clearly Babcock likes him, or at least likes him enough. He's playing on a top line with Riley. He's a big body, and there's something about us Leafs lunatics. We want to see those big bodies play physically. And when a big body plays release but doesn't play physically, it almost seems like a waste. You know, the Aki Bergs, the Freddie Gauthier's, I mean... If you don't make those big hits when you have that frame, it really turns us off to you as a player, especially if you're not bringing anything else offensively. And Marincin, I don't think, has much offensive talent, but he is a big body that can protect the net in the defensive zone, and really Riley is able to protect him in a sense. And that's probably why he's paired up with Riley, is to help minimize his mistakes, but you still can't protect him in every instance. And when he has these turnovers that are leading to goals, I mean, at least if he was making big hits, there'd be something to cheer about. But there's not a whole lot to cheer about from Marincin. I mean, Riley had a great night. He's going to be a superstar. He made that pass out front to Matthews. For the hat trick, um, he looked really great in the World Cup, and I think he's only going to progress and get better. But to get to the elite level, he's going to need another superstar to play with him. It can't be Marincin. It can't be practically anyone else on the team. I think Gardner fits really well in the three-hole. I don't think he's a number two. And even if we wanted to put Gardner up there, Babcock doesn't like it because they're both lefties. And when you look at that second pairing, I mean, when you look at Connor Carrick making the team, he's so small. If he had the frame of a Marincin, he would be killing guys out there. He's so physical. He's knocking guys off the off the puck. He's knocking them down. He's not afraid to get in the dirty areas, and he's so confident in his abilities that he comes away with a puck or he knocks you down. And it's just unfortunate when someone is gifted with the frame of a Marincin can't play that same physical way. Because if he could, I think there would be a lot more potential for him on this team. And when you look at, I mean, 
Hunwick went down pretty early in the game. I think he only played it just over two minutes. He got hit pretty hard into the boards. And he's somebody that Babcock likes. He's an older player on the team. He's a vet. It's his demeanor off the ice and on the ice, the way he plays sort of safe, uh, that Babcock really likes him. But he's maybe a five at best on a good team. And so I think he's slotted right in the five or six position. But the Leafs really going forward need to shore up their defense. Something has to happen. I think we saw flashes of some of the younger guys. Nielsen, I think, had a pretty good preseason. I think he's a couple years away, though. I mean, Zaitsev was sort of a big talk uh, this summer. The fact that the Leafs were able to acquire him. And he looked really good playing for Russia. Played on a top pairing there. Uh, he's always been in a top pairing role, even in the KHL. And he comes over here, and he looks like he has the potential to be potentially a top pairing guy, or at least in that 3-4 spot. And depending on what the Leafs can do going forward, I think the Leafs would look really good getting one more top-pairing guy that could either slot in right beside Riley, ideally, or have Zaitsev in that role and have someone else to be able to play with Gardner. But Zaitsev's looking pretty good. He seems pretty physical. He's not afraid to push people out of the way out of the front of the net. He likes to carry the puck, although he's maybe not as great at holding on to the puck as Riley. One thing for sure with Zaitsev, and it's tough to say whether or not this is just because it was his first game, but he likes to shoot it a lot. He might have been trying to go for that first goal in the first game, but he is not afraid to shoot the puck. His shot's not Al McInnes or anything like that, but he really likes to shoot it. He tries to get shots away at the front of the net, and sometimes, I think to his detriment, uh, there were a few times last night where I feel like he could have passed the puck off to make a better play, but he went for the shot and had it blocked. Um, but even in the preseason, we saw him shoot the puck a lot and rack up quite a few points. So I think he looks good. I think he looks good defensively. It's just a matter of what the Leafs can do going forward for their defense. And Truba is a name that's out there right now. A right shot guy. He wants to get more minutes or at least be in a top pairing position and play the right side and he can't get that opportunity in Winnipeg so he wants out and he would be perfect to play with Riley I would be a solid top defensive pairing in the NHL but it's just a matter of what the Leafs would have to give up to get it I think it would be Gardner I think it would be another top player who's already on the team a Nylander a Marner uh, something that the Leafs just, there's no way they're going to be willing to get rid of. And I don't think they should. Kapanen and Gardner, maybe a little bit more realistic. Still, though, if you get rid of Gardner, you shore up that pairing with Riley. Now you're looking for somebody to replace Gardner. 
And Gardner is sort of always somebody, he started out a fan favorite. Leafs were chanting to get him out of the Marlies and onto the team. And he maybe started out a little too early with the Leafs. He had a lot of rough years. He's another player similar to Marinch, and he's got a bit of a bigger frame. But he doesn't play very physically. And he had a lot of mental lapses. I mean, leaving guys out front, bad passes, just not skating, even though he's so gifted at skating, he would just stop skating and be beat on one-on-one battles. And I think that's really changed. I think we saw a huge, huge difference for Gardner last year playing under Babcock. He's even looked more physical. He's made a few nice body checks in the preseason. He doesn't seem to have the same mental lapses as often as he used to, and that's, I think, a whole part of maturity. And he seems like the type of guy that would be great for the Leafs going forward in that three spot. So I don't know that the Leafs necessarily want to get rid of him. Uh, But with all these prospects, you would like to hope that there would be a way they could get something done for Truba or somebody like him. It would be really nice to see the Leafs get another younger player who's already established himself as a top defenseman, but that's every team in the league is looking for someone like that. So we can only hope in Leafs land, um, but they've got to work their magic somehow to make something happen for this defense. And we're going to see the progression of the young guys up front and they're only going to get better and better, and we are stockpiled with young top talent prospects in the forwards. And it's going to be an exciting year to see what happens with all of this, what they all bring to the table. It's going to be really exciting to see whether or not Austin Matthews can continue the way he's played for the past few months, continue to get better in his two-way game, continue to make things happen i think a lot of people going into this thought he was going to be more of a playmaker than a sniper but he's got four goals in the first game so it's really exciting to see what's going to happen there and it's going to be a big game at home kick off the centennial season at home i'm sure the opening ceremonies are going to be unbelievable hopefully the Leafs will be able to get that w And hopefully they can continue their fast play and we'll continue to see the young guys grow. And hopefully it's a bounce back for Freddie Anderson so we don't have to worry about that going forward with the season. Well, this has been Leafs Lunatics Podcast. Again, I'm Josh Blair. Tweet at me all your responses to this podcast. Come on the show with me. Send in your emails at leafslunatic at gmail.com and I'll put you on the air and we'll talk as Leafs fans, for Leafs fans, to Leafs fans about all things Leafs. Leafs.